everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative, storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It is Brandon Odo with another Turbo. A quick topic today, which is to reflect on the simple question of in which patients and when do you need an arterial line? On some level, this could be one of those core critical care topics. If you look up a chapter on A-lines in any textbook, you're probably going to find a list of indications. And the things that you're going to see are things like a patient requiring vasopressors, a patient requiring frequent ABGs or arterial blood draws, uh, and they may have some definition for how many in a day means frequent, a patient needing a lot of just lab draws in general. Of course, there are maybe other ways you could get that, like some other line, but it, you could place an A-line for that. These are all potentially true, but I think my approach differs. And I think most people on some level would agree, although there's variability. To me, the core, key, most important indication for an A-line, the, the times when I really want to have it, when I'll perhaps even rush to get it, miss it if it's not there, are during acute resuscitation. It is a resuscitative tool. And the reason is because it is a huge value in providing feedback and monitoring on a patient who is critically unstable. So that's the key thing here. It's instability and invariability. You're doing not just certain things to them, like you have them on pressors or whatever, but you're doing a lot of changes. Their picture is, is fluctuating and is, is very, uh, in a very liquid state. And so you need feedback on it equally quickly. So a patient who is not just hypotensive and on pressors, but who is still really in the kind of hot phase of their shock, whatever the cause might be, and you're you know rapidly up titrating those pressors, uh, but you know perhaps you you just pick this patient up from the ER or wherever, and their their pressure is like tanking. Maybe you're, you're even having a hard time measuring it. Um, you're doing a lot of stuff to them. This is the person where you'd really like to have an arterial line. Why? Well, in a very shocked patient, uh, non-invasive cuffs are, are too slow. Like, they're just not giving you feedback quickly and frequently enough to really track what's happening in, in this sort of unstable state. In a patient who has settled out, even if they are, let's say, requiring quite a lot of vasopressors, this may not be so important. Now, if you have a patient on three pressors at high doses, you're probably going to have and want to have an arterial line. But honestly, you may be able to get away without it. Uh, but when they're really kind of all over the place, then you're going to want it. The other side of things is that it doesn't just give you frequent information. It is very sensitive. So a patient who's really shocked, they may have right now or be at risk of having blood pressures so low that you can't even measure it with a cuff. And then you're in this state of not even knowing what their blood pressure is, um, you know, assuming it's probably too low, but honestly, you don't know. And of course, there could be other factors making it difficult to get reading, such as if they're, you know, very vasculopathic, maybe they don't 
have a lot of extremities to use or so on. But maybe not even knowing if, if there is a pressure. Has this patient entered cardiac arrest? And now you have to be like, can I feel a pulse anywhere? And you know, that is always um, a very soft science, very much dependent on whose fingers are feeling which vessels. Uh, it is really just much, much better to know exactly what is the pressure in their vessels, how much pulsatility, if any, is there to it. And then if they are, in fact, in cardiac arrest, an A-line is an incredible tool to have. Again, don't ask questions of who can feel what or whatever. Use your, your telemetry, your EKGs to assess their electrical rhythm, and use your arterial line to assess their pulsatility, their you know, mechanical output in perfusion. Then you can really very precisely understand, is whatever their rhythm is producing any pulsatile flow? What is how much uh, pressure head is behind it? What is their pressure during rest, during diastole? That may say important things about the adequacy of your, your catecholamines or of your CPR. Incredible tool. And your, quote, pulse checks can take half a second. You could just immediately know whether they're producing a pulse or not without people feeling around for many seconds at a time and going, huh, maybe, uh, maybe I feel it, maybe I don't. Let's get Dopplers, blah, blah, blah. And then when in doubt, just doing CPR again, which is the way to err, but you don't need to err. You can just know. The only time you would need a pulse check with an arterial line is if you start to question whether it's uh, kinked or not working or something like that. Certainly a, a more central arterial line in these cases would be very valuable, um, but just a, a huge help. What else? Well, even in a patient who is not quite so actively acutely being resuscitated, um, they can be a huge help if you are still making a lot of changes and they're still having a lot of fluctuation in their hemodynamics, whether you are manipulating their hypotension using pressors or you're manipulating hypertension using antihypertensive. A patient with whatever, a neuroproblem or a vascular problem you have on a, a nicardipine drip or clavidipine or azimolol or whatever floats your boat. Um, should you give a patient like that an A-line? Some people would say yes, and that's, you know, a very sound argument. But I would say, you know, is the requirement for these things quite flat and stable? Yes, they need an icardipine drip, but it's been at the same dose for hours. It, you know, it at most is occasionally needing an adjustment. Um, or are they all over the place? Every few minutes, are we having to uh, titrate and adjust uh, you know, or likewise with pressors, then I think you really do want an arterial line because you just you you just don't have that kind of feedback otherwise. So, what does this kind of say about the role of the arterial line? It's part of the acute phase of the patient's care, uh, and it is just as far as kind of pretest probabilities, unlikely that a patient who's been around for a while and has reached a more sort of indolent phase of their illness, is going to need an arterial line unless something happens and they get worse again, which we all know does occur. But, you know, most arterial lines, especially smaller, more peripheral ones, like in a radial artery, they have kind of a lifespan. They usually last a few days and they start to get more damped and eventually maybe barely flow at all. You're probably they're getting a little bit of clottiness around their tips. Do you replace these, rewire them, something? Of course you can, but... Most of the time, you don't need to because most of the time, by the time the A-line fails, they're out of that window. 
where it is really an essential thing to have. And then you're just entering a realm of more soft indications like, well, it's kind of helpful because we're getting a lot of labs in this person and we don't have another great way to get it, blah, blah, blah. And again, usually there are other solutions to problems like that. A nice long IV midline kind of device. You can get blood from central lines, although some places try not to because the more you access them, the more infection they get and, and so on. Uh, you know, an A-line can have a role solving problems like this, but it's uh, not nearly as critical a tool as it is when you're using it uh, for these really sick crashing patients. You, I almost would say you can't take care of a patient with a massive hemorrhage, for instance, without an arterial line. There is just too much instability. These people could go from a adequate blood pressure to barely any blood pressure in seconds. And the other way, their response to interventions, you have a, a far more sensitive view on with an arterial line than without it. So you give a patient a fluid bolus. Your ability to assess the response to that is orders of magnitude greater with an arterial line than if you're just using something like a cuff and then you're having to do things like weird echo techniques to try to see what their cardiac output looks like and so on. So much better to be able to just see what their heart is doing. Um, and you would never be able to do this with a cuff. You know, one quick analogy we might make is, you know, when do you need to intubate a patient? Again, there are lists of of indications for this, and they're all by and large true, hypoxia, hypercarbia, altered mental status, and so on. Um, but I would say the majority of patients we intubate are for sort of multifactorial reasons. It's because there's just a lot going on. They're in some shock. They're uh, very confused and obtunded. Um, they're a little hypoxic. That You need to do a bunch of interventions on them. And all these things are kind of interacting and being synergistic, and you kind of can't intervene effectively on some of them without risk to others, without just sort of controlling the whole situation and getting a handle on it. Uh, and... I think that's sort of similar to the arterial line. When you're in that phase, you just need this level of monitoring. And what that implies is that when you're out of that phase, and you, maybe you have, still have a, a problem, but it's more of a, a, a single system or sort of monofactorial problem, um, you may not. And much the same with intubation. A patient who is just somewhat hypoxic or hypercarbic or confused or whatever often you can manage without intubating them. It's when you start to have these multiple issues that interact that it starts to become a little more fraught. They're uh, hypercarbic. You could put them on some BiPAP, but they're pretty altered for that. And you need to uh, get a line in them and you need to get them to CT. And you don't really think you can safely do any of that when they're this altered, and especially if they're wearing BiPAP and so on and so forth. When you just have the one thing uh, you can often get away with kind of less invasiveness and aggressiveness. Think about that and tell me if you guys agree or disagree. I'm open to feedback, and I'll talk to you next time.